an unmitigated disaster. I, it, it, this this is not even. I I don't even know where to begin today. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Thank you all for being with us. You make this show possible. 800-941-SHAWN if you want to be a part of the program. I, I am torn in a in a hundred different directions here. There's a part of what happened, what we just witnessed with this press conference, I just find humiliating and embarrassing for this great country we love. There's a part of me that's angry because we all know that Joe Biden was in the candidate protection program by the big tech corporations and the media mob and the Democratic Party, as the new book Lucky says, yeah, they they ran the put your crazy uncle in the basement campaign strategy here. Uh, Then I'm angry at the lies that are being told, outright lies and falsehoods, propaganda and misinformation. Then you got the mind numbing, you know, you're looking at a guy that, he, he's got this pattern. He gets all lost and confused and then suddenly hits a point at which he, he just takes off and, and sounds like he's with it. There's something going on here, and I stand by my observation, and I'm trying to say it charitably, weak, frail, and obviously cognitively struggling. In my mind, knowing that the world is an evil place, and I wrote a whole book about evil, Deliver Us From Evil, Defeating Terrorism and Despotism and Liberalism, because if you don't win the political war, you can't beat these other crazy groups. And the research for that book showed me 100 million human beings murdered in the name of some ism, communism, Mao's China, Stalin Russia, Nazism, fascism, Islamic... Uh, terrorism uh, that exists today. I mean, there's there are evil people. There are hostile regimes and hostile actors. Putin, Russia, hostile actor, hostile regime. President Xi, China, hostile actor, hostile regime. Iranian mullahs, enough said. Uh, Kim Jong-un, etc. And they're not buying the media protection spin here. Or the, you know, I, I never watched, and I've, again, I've been following politics. Um, I, I first started my first radio show in 1987. Reagan was president, giving my age here. And I'm just telling you, I've never saw anybody, you know, so obviously going to the A section when Afghanistan comes up to see the notes that were put in front of him, written by somebody else. Maybe circle back Jen Psaki can just give us the notes, and she won't have to circle back so much. Just hand him out his copies and says, here's what Joe's was gonna, Joe was supposed to say during the presser. Or maybe just empower Kamala Harris, considering, you know, the lady that pretty much compared ICE to the KKK in a line of questioning in Congress. Uh, she's now in charge of this real crisis at the border. And then the lies about the crisis at the border. And there are more deportations taking place now. But we're sending most people home. No, they're not. Nobody brings up the COVID problem either in the course of this. The media, the mob, compliant as they are. You know, the one good question, I think it's Kirsten Welker is the name, saying, uh, yeah, we'd like an answer. Uh, when are you going to give us access to the facilities? Because they gave access to NBC to the one decent facility on purpose, which was nothing but pure propaganda. Where was the question, hey, Joe, did the wind blow you over? Is that what happened? Was it the wind? 
Now, I'm just going to be very blunt and very honest here. It's it's kind of amazing on a lot of fronts that Biden is saying the the filibuster is is racist and not one person follows up asking if it was racist when the Democrats used it when Biden and Obama filibustered. He's talking about the, the overuse of the filibuster. He wasn't saying it when Mitch McConnell was the Senate majority leader. He didn't say it then. It's only now. At this one, not a single question about the COVID-19 just gets to take a victory lap off of Donald Trump's work. This was this was painful to watch. It is hard to see somebody that, you know, is literally struggling, hanging by a thread. And then the awful, horrifically awful questions from a corrupt and and partisan media mob. That's out there protecting him. Now it's the presidential, you know, protection program or, you know, somebody sent me a note, the kid glove press conference, handpicked friendly reporters, probably pre-screened questions or at least what the topic is going to be. And even fake news CNN had to admit, I'll read, for example, CNN's Kevin Liptak and Caitlin Collins spoke with multiple sources who conveyed that Biden, quote, has been getting ready for days and furthermore, he recognizes the bright spotlight at old Garner and Biden has talked his strategy through with members of his inner circle and even held informal practice session earlier in the week. Well, that's what I was saying. And I was called a conspiracy theorist. I said I couldn't prove it. I said, I don't believe it uh, if they tell me otherwise. But there's no listen. At the, he had off Friday. No, nothing on the schedule since Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday, one thing, Wednesday, meeting sport teams. That's it. He's been practicing the whole time. Trust me. You know what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. He gets lost. He gets confused. At one point, you know, he literally said, well, anyway, you know, let me play some of the highlights of this disaster. With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do. And it cannot be sustained and do everything on my power, along with my friends in the House and the Senate, to keep that from uh, from becoming the law. We have over 100,000 wellheads that are not capped, leaking methane. What are we doing? And by the way, we can put as many pipe fitters and miners and us to work capping those wells at the same price that they were charged to dig those wells. So I, I, I just find it um, frustrating, frustrating. You talk about 
Last point I'll make in the infrastructure, and I apologize for spending more time on it, but is that if you think about it, um, uh, do you guys get this? This is not good. Then we have the content on it now. You know, the filibuster's racist. Really? Because you used it, Joe. Your party used it. You know, even accused basically the country of Mexico and Donald Trump for letting kids starve with the stay in Mexico policy. Then he accused Trump of causing the border crisis, which is a joke, considering he ended the stay in Mexico policy. He brought back catch and release. Uh, He's not given a damn about uh, social distancing and all the high positivity of COVID and kids on top of each other or the new cages that he's building. And he's mad at Trump for not building more cages because Trump was actually building the wall to enforce the laws of the land. And then he stopped border construction. I mean, that answer on capping, the, instead of drilling, we'll cap them and we can hire the people that built the pipe fittings. And we'll hire them back to, 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 to end all energy independence forever. He even accused Trump of going soft on China, which is beyond laughable. By the way, no, ca- no questions about zero experience. Hunter, and the problem is he's ha- having, I, I, I mean, even Chris Wallace, no fan of uh, Donald Trump, as we all know. I mean, even he said he was shocked and struck by the fact that, you know, on every single foreign policy question that Joe's reading from a book covering Ronald Reagan for six years. Uh, yeah, I never saw that either. I've never seen a president ever have to do this. Uh, spend a week preparing, struggling even through, barely get, be able to get through this, full of lies, one right after another. Um, and, you know, it's literally, it's like Laura Ingram tweeted, it's like story time with Uncle Joe, and the press was fine with it, compliant as they are, as always. He claims he's not divisive. They accused Trump, basically, of sending kids across the border or the stay in Mexico policy to starve to death. That's kind of divisive. What do we have, 250 filibusters by Democrats recently? His only method of communication is sharing random weird thoughts and the oddest, the, the oddest communication patterns I've ever seen in my, my life. Um, you know, where's the transparency? One question. When are you going to let us see the kids in your new cages? Because they've been trying to hide it for all of us. They scripted all out with notes for this guy. He gets confused, and then he gets lost, and he kind of gives up, and he gets tired, then he gets clearly agitated. Um, unbelievable. It's, it's, it's remarkable. But anyway, so he had the thing. And then the other thing, if you watch carefully, he, this guy, the this, this sad part is, is he's, this is the biggest, heaviest lift in his life. Now, we have, if you have to lift up the president of the United States and prep him for a week, to barely get through a press conference and lie his way through using the friendliest bunch of questions as a crutch. And when he has to function at any moment on his own off script, even moving to the next question, he gets lost with a list of reporters predetermined ahead of time. Who's going to get a, the next question. So, you know, then he, then he kind of gets past the crutch and gets lost again. It's like, I mean, you're looking at like a president, like a deer in the headlights here running through, racing through his briefing book to find his talking points that he can read because he can't obviously remember them anymore. 
which means maybe even, oh, either they anticipated the questions or did they know ahead of time? Who knows? You know, uh, reading off briefing sheets, I, I think of any president that would ever have to do this. It's the hardest job in the world. That's why you can't have a, you know, candidate protection program. You know, when I say this guy looks exhausted, I mean he looks exhausted. And prominent members of his cheerleading squad and the mob, you know, when they start noticing it, that's a problem. NBC senior political analyst Jonathan Allen tweeted that Biden sounded and looked tired. He's being charitable. Wow. We're still Biden clearly reading his answers. I mean, I, I've ne- nobody's ever seen this before. This is new territory. This is a problem because America's enemies are watching Putin, President Xi, Kim Jong-un, the, the mullahs in Iran. They're all watching. He's claiming the border surge happens every year. No, it doesn't happen every year. We're expecting now the highest number. Right now, it's the highest number since 2006. And then on top of that, it's going to be the highest in at least 20 to 30 years. The truth matters. And, you know, he's saying that nothing has changed. It happens every year. That's not true either. And he's he's saying we're trying to build the place. No, you're supposed to send people back. Bring back the stay in Mexico policy. And on the filibuster, that's even more frightening because now we know exactly what that means, don't we? All right, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I know a lot of you want to weigh in. We'll play more of the lowlights uh, of this. Well, a full coverage, you got to watch it. I know many of you working today didn't get a chance to see it. We'll summarize the best parts on Hannity tonight. Quick break, right back. We'll continue. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. We're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay. um, Hang on. Uh, Sorry. Oh, we have over 100,000 wellheads that are not capped leaking methane. What are we doing? And by the way, we can put as many pipe fitters and miners on us to work capping those wells at the same price that they would charge to dig those wells. So I, I, I just find it um, frustrating. Frustrating. Talk about last point I'll make in the infrastructure, and I apologize for spending more time on it, but is that if you think about it, um, that's Joe Biden. That's your president. Now, what one sentence? I'll I'll get it. Get to the phones here in a minute. Now, you know I I've never talked about the president's children, but Hunter Biden's fifty years old, and Hunter Biden went on Good Morning America, made a total fool of himself. Uh, Jen Circleback Saki never heard of the the first lady of Moscow and the. Russian oligarch and the $3.5 million wire transferred to Hunter's company. 
Uh, maybe she'll circle back on that. There's a Politico article out today. Now, this is mind-blowing. Before I get to your calls about the presser today. Uh, so they're now about to start their big push for gun control. Politico puts out this report. The Secret Service was enlisted to help Hunter Biden cover up a handgun purchase that was illegal because he had lied about his past drug use on the background check forms. Remember the laptop, the crack pipe in his mouth, and even he admits now, yeah, he had a drug problem. Anyway, it goes back to October 2018. Hunter, daughter-in-law, were involved in a bizarre incident. Haley took Hunter's handgun, threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store, only to return later and find that it was gone. Delaware police began investigating, concerned that the trash can was across from a high school and the missing gun could be used in a crime, according to law enforcement officials, and a copy of a police report obtained by Politico. But then a curious thing happened at the time. Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store, where Hunter bought the gun, and, had, and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale, according to two people, one of whom has first-hand knowledge of the episode, and the other being briefed by the Secret Service agent after the fact. The agent showed their badges and ID cards to the store's owner, a guy by the name of Ron Palmieri, and asked to take possession of the firearms transaction record that Hunter had filled out to buy the gun earlier that month, according to people familiar with the incident. Now, the gun owner, to his credit, refused to hand over the transaction records to the Secret Service because such records fall under the purview of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. The Secret Service agents left without the records. According to people familiar with the case, later that day, the ATF arrived at the store to inspect the records. Politico obtained copies of the firearms transactions record and receipt for the gun. October 12, 2018, Hunter responded no to a question on the transaction record that asked, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana, any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substances. Five years earlier, he had been discharged from the Navy Reserve after testing positive for cocaine, and he and his family members have spoken about his history of drug abuse. Lying on a form is a felony. The Secret Service says they have no record of any agents investigating the incident. And Joe Biden, not under protection at the time, said through a spokesperson he has no knowledge. Um, days later, the gun was returned by an older man who regularly rummages through the grocery store's trash to collect recyclable items, according to people. But the alleged involvement of the Secret Service remains a mystery, especially since Joe Biden was not technically under protection in 2018 when it took place. One law enforcement official said individual Secret Service agents at the agency offices in Wilmington, Delaware, kept an informal hand in maintaining the former vice president's security. The person cited an instance in 2019 when the Wilmington office of the Secret Service called the Delaware State Police to arrange security for a public appearance by Biden. The Secret Service wouldn't answer any questions about whether they had informal involvement in the security during this time. Now, our friend Greg Jarrett has said, well, number one, if the handgun is thrown in the trash next to a school, that is a crime under Delaware law. No arrests were made. It appears Biden was not entirely truthful about his drug history when he signed the sworn affidavit statement purchasing the gun. That, too, would be a crime. As a matter of fact, it's a felony. No charges were filed. 
as evidence the Secret Service intervened without cause or jurisdiction at the time they weren't protecting Biden or his son. So is that an attempt to secretly seize and bury the gun records to cover up for Hunter Biden? If so, that would constitute obstruction of justice. And suspiciously, the Secret Service claims that it has no record of what happened. How convenient. No paper trail. Um, now, imagine if the last name was Trump. Just think about that. All right. One sentence. What do you think of the press conference? Lee Atlanta. One sentence only. Go ahead, Lee. Here comes Kamala. <laughs> Here comes Kamala. Okay. We're going to have a, a board now. We're going to have a betting game. Uh, thank you, Lee. Jerry in Florida. Jerry, one sentence only. What do you think? Obama will no longer go down in history as the worst president because Biden just locked that up. Wow. Jerry, Florida, thank you. Colton, Arkansas. One just sentence, sir. Total, just a just a, I mean, just a total embarrassment, man. Just an absolute total embarrassment. I mean, I, I mean, I felt that, too, and I'm like, I, I, look, I feel bad for the guy. On the one hand, I'm like, I don't feel that bad for him because he's lying through his teeth, he's, but he's so struggling. It's painful. Don't you find it painful to watch? I find it painful. Anyway, Dawn in Ohio, thank you. Uh, Dawn in Ohio, what did you think? Well, I don't have a sentence. I just have a word, and it's sad. It's, it was sad to watch. Well said. Mary, Aunt, Mary, I'm sorry, in New York. Mary, what do you think? Hey, Sean. We are in serious, serious trouble. I don't understand what people do not see what is going on. I think everybody does. But the worst part of that, Mary, is this. So do our enemies. That's the scariest part in all of this. Um, my, my team, I, I can't even begin to describe the reactions that I've been getting from sweet baby James. You didn't Lip. ask me what mine was. I was just going to say, what's your, you can give more than one sentence. We'll allow you as, as, as producer, no, I'm just going to give you one to say what you want. It's fantastic. Biden loves the birds. We went from crow to eagle. You know, I'm wondering what's next. Biden loves the birds. Wasn't that a bizarre Bizarre is an understatement. Well, first of all, the analogy is ridiculous. And if that's his definition, it applies to him and his fellow Democrats because they use the filibuster. So well, I'm convinced right there. that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. Like I mean, this is God. gigantic. That's a, the scarier part is that now we now know where he stands on ending the filibuster. Now, I'm going to tell you, the Republicans, and I, we have the wobbly ones like Ben Sass, the jackass, and Mitt Romney and Lisa Murkowski. Republicans, of all 50 of them, agree that they're not going to show up if they're going to try and destroy the country with SR1, like HR1 in the House. If they don't agree to stop that, then they're useless as a party because they need a quorum. They need one Republican to open up the Senate. And if no Republicans show up, because they're going to pull this crap, then then guess what? Then we're just going to have a stalemate. And at some point, somebody's going to have to blink. What's and your it one will line? Be the Democrats. Ethan, you want. You, no, you, what you about you? Torch. What about you? What's your one line, Mr. Talk Show host? 
you know, I'm just a one line. Host. I already, I already gave twenty minutes of commentary. I, I just want do, your I one line. I can't do anything in one. I can't do a single thing in one sentence. This is very true. I just true. can't. This what? is very true. I agree with you on that. Okay. You know, I gave a long dissertation earlier about what I thought. It is embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing. You know, big time. Anyway. Uh, all right, let's go back to our phones here. Uh, Janet in South Carolina. What's up, Janet? What'd you think? I thought it was embarrassing. And I have a one line would be a new definition for PPP. I think it was pre-planned. I think it was pretty awful and pretty embarrassing for the United States. It's, that's the saddest part of it, isn't it? But there's also the danger element. And then you have to, the next logical question is who is in charge? Who's making these decisions? Who's giving him these executive orders? Who wrote the notes for him today? Why does Jen Saki have to circle back when all she needs to do is make a copy of Joe's notes and hand them out to everybody? Thank you, Janet. Gene in California. Gene. John, I have never seen a man of such power, anybody, apologize so many times for everything they do. A, a leader's supposed to lead, not apologize. Uh, I think that's true, too. You know, think of all the different jobs that one can have. Would you, would, if you are going to hire somebody to run a 7-Eleven or to run a McDonald's or to run any, any small business, ask yourself this question. If you're interviewing Joe Biden, would you would you would you think he's up to those jobs? Because I don't think he would be. Now, we just talked about this woman is 100 years old, 100. And this woman, you know, goes to work every day at McDonald's. She's loved. People go just to see her. Would you hire Joe to run a McDonald's? Would you hire Joe to run a, a you know, a, a supermarket or a 7-Eleven? Chip, you know, one of those those you know quick march stores um gibbs in florida gibbs what do you think well i was just wondering when we elected jim ignatowski from taxi to be our president Mm-hmm. okay uh ryan in south dakota what's up ryan hey sean i don't need one sentence i only need two words demented gaslighting wow that's harsh that's hardcore. Um, Ethan is is like writing up a storm here because he like he, he doesn't have his mic on today. He's not strong enough. I think if we ask every leftist, would you put would you pick Joe Biden as CEO of your company? Would you pick Joe Biden? I don't know. What if he? How would you feel if you start talking to Joe Biden and he's your Uber driver? How would that make you feel? I don't but, think that Joe Biden should be elected, put anywhere, do anything that requires him to put a sentence together. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh. Oh. And this is the scary part. This is nine weeks into him sitting in the White House. Nine weeks. And this is the best he can do. If there's something medically, and I've talked to a lot of doctors that have differing, varying opinions, and obviously nobody's had a chance that I know of to examine the patient. 
If you talk to doctors, though, it's very interesting what they say. They look at the two frontal lobe surgeries that he had back in the 80s and the way they did it and what the ramifications of that are. But when, one thing they all agree on, if there's something wrong cognitively from a, from a physical standpoint, and I'm not making that determination, and he's got cognitive impairment of any kind, um, it's degenerative. Now, if I'm right in saying it's the toughest job in the world and they're going to be pressuring him to to go on the Biden blitz, which is one event a day, and that the net result is the last month combined of Joe Biden's mess ups. Um, you know that it, the pressures of the job and I are going to be a factor. All right, we'll continue on the other side. Well, look at this COVID-19 spreading like a wildfire among health and human services staffers. Dallas Morning News so the staff, remember, the governor can't get into the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center to look at the kids with, with children's services. Uh, 1,470 self-reports of positive COVID-19 tests among personnel, uh, which is the refugee resettlement unit that handles these unaccompanied migrants. 2,900 children and teens tested positive for COVID-19. Now, it's unclear when the children became affected, but now you've got 1,500, nearly 1,500 health and human services staffers testing positive for COVID. Can somebody maybe the next time Joe comes out in another 100 days for a press conference, maybe ask him uh, why we get lectured about mask wearing, why we're getting lectured about social distancing, why draconian shutdowns continue and you're literally now in fact uh, we're getting positive covid cases because of your policies something happens that's on your head we'll continue attorney general from arizona next is suing biden all right hour two sean hannity show glad you're with us 800-941-SEAN you want to be a part of the program i mean it's really bad when i'm feeling sorry for joe but i'm not feeling sorry when he lies to us which is exactly what happened today uh, listen to what he said earlier about immigration. The overwhelming majority of people coming to the border and crossing are being sent back. Lie. Are being sent back. Lie. Thousands, tens of thousands of people who are, who are over 18 years of age and single people, one at a time coming, have been sent back, sent home. We're sending back the vast majority of the families that are coming. We're trying to work out now with Mexico their w willingness to take more of those families back. But we, that, that's what's happening. They're not getting across the border. And those who are coming across the border who are unaccompanied children were moving rapidly to try to put in place what was dismantled, as I said. For example, of all the children who are coming across the border, over 70 percent are either 16 or 17 years old. We're not talking about people ripping babies from mother's arms or little three-year-olds standing on the border. Less than, I think, it's one and a half percent fall in the category of the very young. So what we're doing is we're providing for the space, again, to be able to get these kids out of the Border Patrol facilities, which no child, no one should be in any longer than 72 hours. And today, I went to, for example, I used all the resources available to me, went to the Defense Department, and, and the, the Secretary of Defense has just made available Fort Bliss, 5,000 beds, be immediately available, 5,000 beds in the Texas border. 
So we're building back up the capacity that should have been maintained and built upon that Trump dismantled. It's going to take time. And the other thing we're doing, I might add, am I giving you too long an answer? Because if you don't want the detail. No, no, but I mean, I, I don't know how much detail you want about immigration. Yeah, none of that is true. None whatsoever. Um, anyway, here to weigh in on what's really going on. Number one, the other lie here is that they dismantled it all. No, we had the stay in Mexico policy, Joe. No, we built the wall, Joe. We weren't building out new facilities for illegal immigrants. And you're lying when you say most are being sent back. That's a lie, too. And everybody that's reported, even though you put a gag order on them, uh, on what's actually been happening and is happening, are saying just the opposite. Now, that's why we had on just a few weeks ago the attorney general of Arizona, uh, Mark Bronovich, is with us again. Now, he's suing the federal government over their immigration policy decisions uh, is there anything you heard Joe Biden when he had a few lucid moments um, that was true about what the situation is today? Sean, I'll tell you, I watched the presser and I couldn't help but think to myself, it reminded me of when I was a kid. We had this cranky old guy down the street that would be like, oh, if you guys want to play in my grass, go ahead. And then we'd start a football game in his yard and then he'd come out like half an hour later and go, what the hell are you kids doing? You're ruining my yard. Get out of here. And it's like, what? You know, and you're all confused because he was confused as to what he was doing or not doing. And you hit upon this, you alluded to this. If there's nothing wrong or if the Biden administration's policy is honky-dory and not causing this, why are they so reluctant to let us see what's going on? Why do they not allow Border Patrol and the customs folks to talk to us and to actually know the real numbers? And it is a problem. It is an issue. And I wish someone in this press conference would have asked, the Attorney General in Arizona has sued you over an executive order because you refuse to deport people that have orders of deportation. Federal law says they shall be deported. Why have you refused to deport 1.2 million people Many of them would have either been charged with crimes or with criminal records. I mean, answer that question before you answer any other question, because that's a basic threshold question, Sean. And then, then of course, we get the come on answer about the conditions in which children are being held. They're only supposed to be held. uh, um, Oh, never mind. Oh, um, um, 72 hours. He's blaming everything on Trump. I mean, it is, you know, mocking the question about whether he finds the conditions acceptable. Come on. You know, one of his come on man's promises better facilities. It's not about that. If you control the border, stay in Mexico policy, although he kind of accused Mexico of starving children or Trump for allowing Mexico to starve children, which wasn't true either. Um, But it's it's just not true. Now, all of this is happening against the law because doesn't the law say you are an attorney general that people are not allowed to enter the country illegally is that true that is true and and what what we are trying to do sean that's why i have filed numerous lawsuits against the biden administration the one we talked about regarding the fact that he halted deportations that's clearly contrary to title eight it says they shall the federal government has to do that he stopped that so i say that's in essence decriminalizing and then you throw on top of what i call the incentivizing where now he's rescinded the trump rule which has been part of federal law for more than 100 years in some form about the public charge which basically now the biden administration has said if you come here you get free health care you get free child care you get free unemployment and college all these sorts of benefits which 
I would argue, incentivizes. And so he can say whatever he wants. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but the facts are what the facts are. The reality is, is that he has sent out a huge signal flare that says, we aren't going to prosecute you, and if you get here, you're going to get government benefits. So that's why we have had the surge. It's, it's a basic economic question of incentives. Oh, the Biden administration is providing incentives. And even in today's press conference, Sean, when he was talking about, well, they're going to start building up capacity and they're trying to talk about space, well, what message is that sent? That message basically sends, if you get here, we will find a place for you. And what's not being talked about, I look, I talk to a lot of federal officials, I know a lot of federal judges, and I will tell you there's a real concern because they've said that people are literally being released now without court orders, without any paperwork, that are basically told, hey, just come back and check in at some other time, which is really a recipe for chaos and anarchy and to jeopardize all of our public safety. So regardless of what anyone thinks about immigration, this is exactly the not, not the right way to do it. It's contrary to the laws you just alluded to, and I just don't think it's morally right either, because he's basically using these poor kids as pawns. And as I said last time, remember, every time one of these kids comes across, the cartels are making money. The plaza bosses control everything that goes across that border, including human beings. Well, and the other thing is, is he's just flat out lying. And, you know, add to that, too, and we can talk about this from a legal vantage point, him basically saying he's ending the filibuster. And by the way, yeah, 250 filibusters were done last year. They were done by his side. They were done by Democrats last year. I think, Sean, one of the reasons why people are so frustrated with politics, especially Washington, D.C., is because... Like even people like Biden, they've been there what forty plus years. Nancy Pelosi, for they they are so used to lying and manipulating. I think sometimes they don't even understand when they're doing it. And one of the reasons why people are so frustrated, it's the situational ethics you see amongst so many politicians, where they say one thing and then they do something else in their personal and professional life. And this is just another example where you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and when it. It's politically expedient for them to have one set of rules. They want them. But then if they want to give D.C. statehood or some other crap, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to get rid of these rules, and they're terrible. And it just shows you how everything is so transactional in the left. The left is all about winning, and, and they go for the throat. And, and that's part of the reason why I feel like as conservatives, we're always playing defense. We have fair-weathered conservatives that don't stand up for our values and defend them and articulate them that are afraid to fight. And then you have the left, and they're all in. And, you know, you've got the AOCs and the Pelosi's and stuff of the world. I mean, they're playing a game of chess. Well, I feel like a lot of times our side is arguing about which side of the checkerboard they want to play. You know what I'm saying? Let me play him saying, now remember, 250 filibusters last year, I believe, alone by his side. So you're raising a great point. Here's what he said about the filibuster. With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Okay. Well, uh, look, I do think it was a joke, you know, yeah. probably pre you know, predetermined. But putting that aside, um, again, they did it to Trump. They did it to the Republicans. The Republican Mitch McConnell was being pressured almost daily by by Donald Trump. They're going to get rid of it. You might as well do it first. And he didn't do it. So but Republicans could have because it kept happening. They only, you know, so this is now him embracing it for the first time ever, but only to his advantage, as, which is the point you made. Yeah. And the, and the whole point of this is that the Senate is supposed to be. That's why they have six year terms. The framers of our Constitution, you know, 
clearly wanted the Senate to be a more deliberative body. They wanted them to, like, for passions to cool in the House because, you know, that was the idea. That was population-based and Senate was based on, you know, each state got their representative. And so the Senate, by its nature, is supposed to be the deliberative body, the debating body that's not supposed to have mob rules. Because when you leave it to fools, that's when the mob rules. And that's essentially what the left wants nowadays. And just as an aside, Sean, and I know um, literally as we were talking, I just filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration, um, his Treasury Secretary Yellen over uh, their rule or their proposed rules that basically in the COVID bill would say that states can't cut taxes. So there is a multi-pronged fight going on now with the Biden administration. And I say that, you know, elections have consequences, but so do poor executive orders. And clearly the Biden administration and, you know, his hacks in Congress like Pelosi and Schumer are lurching this country far and far to the left. And unless we stand up now, this country is going to be unrecognizable for our kids. Now, in the last week, Kamala Harris, now the person that once referred to uh, ICE as the KKK, you know, asked a week ago if she uh, she was going to the border. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> uh, listen to her. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today, <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. Both Republicans and Democrats said, look, if you're going to change the Trump policy, the previous policy, at least have a game plan. And there doesn't appear right now to be a game plan. Well, OK, look, it's a huge problem. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend it's not. It's a huge problem. And are there um, are we looking at overcrowding at the border, in particular of these kids? Yes. yes. We've been in office less than 100 days. Um, we're addressing it. We're dealing with it. But it's going to take some time. And are we frustrated? Are you frustrated? Yes, we are. The yeah, plan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception of um, many about how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? And do you see any parallels? I do not see any parallels between I'm talking about perception. officers and agents. I'm talking about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as, in, as it relates to enforcing the law. Are you aware that there's a rights. perception? I see no Are you aware that there's a that perception? That puts ICE in the same category as the KKK. Is that what you're asking me? Uh, wow. What's your reaction to that, Mr. Attorney General? Sean, I will tell you that part of anybody that knows somebody that's unfortunately had an issue with, like, drugs or alcohol will tell you the first step to recovery is acknowledging you have a problem. And the reality is it doesn't matter who Biden sends down to the border because until they admit that it's a crisis and that it may have been smoldering a little bit over the years, which it has over the last 20 years because Congress has neglected it, but the Biden administration threw an accelerant on that fire. They have caused a huge brush fire. They won't even recognize it's a problem. So the first step is they need to recognize it's a problem. Second thing, and my big bone to pick, and let's hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Vice President Harris will, you know, do something about this, but when she was running, she advocated for expanding Medicaid for all people that didn't have legal status here. And, you know, Medicaid for all plan, what the Biden administration did, and one of what our lawsuits is about, is because the Biden administration is now trying to do that, Sean. They are trying to
trying to give free health care, free child care, free unemployment benefits. So anybody that pays taxes, whether you're in Arizona or anywhere else, the Biden administration is trying to subsidize people that broke the law and came to this country and are here illegally. And to me, that's not fair. It's not right. And it's not legal. And that's why we filed that lawsuit. And so the irony is, is when Kamala Harris was running for president, she said that, and she got attacked even by people from Biden and stuff. But now, apparently, that's the administration's position. So I think this is just another example of how quickly the Democratic Party is lurching to the left. This is not the Democratic Party of people I, you know, go to church with or that I've known for a long time that, you know, families were, you know, electricians and worked in the mines or worked in the auto factories and, you know, the Midwest back in the 60s and 70s. I mean, the Democratic Party has changed. It is the party of the hard left. It is like the Star Wars bar scene now. All right, so give us the timeline now with your lawsuit. Where are we going from here? Okay, the one dealing with the public benefits, the public charge, where we've tried to intervene to defend those rules about denying benefits, we are still waiting to hear from the Ninth Circuit on that. That could be any day, hopefully sooner rather than later, because we'd like to take that up to the Supreme Court. The issue dealing with the um, executive order about pausing the deportations, um, we are going to be in court on April 8th here in the Federal District Court in Arizona on that case. All right. Keep us up to speed. We appreciate all you're doing. Every American will benefit, and I think you'll be successful. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, we appreciate it. When we come back, wide open phones, 800-941-SHAWN, our number. Wow, what a show we got on Hannity tonight. Now Joe Biden even getting his irritability up. It's past his nappy time. We'll continue. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. You know, I'm watching this, besides the, the mental little lapses that he constantly has, you, there is a pain in this that I, it's, it's, it's just, you, you know, the guy's hanging by a thread. Everybody around him knows he's hanging by a thread. Even fake news CNN admitted he was practicing, 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 practicing for the press conference. We know they came in with their lies about immigration we know that, they, you know, Joe was all practiced up, jacked up until then he starts getting irritated. I, I, maybe I'll just uh, I'll stop now. I mean, these these brain farts of his, it's obvious decline. It is obvious a cognitive struggle. And you see how hard they have to work him to just get him ready for a simple news conference. It shouldn't have to be that hard. Where are the people around him that care about him and his life in this whole process? Because if, if I'm looking at this, and again, I'm putting aside, listen, the radicalism that he's now advocating, eliminating the filibuster, all the things we warned you about, that's, that's a whole separate issue. Lying completely about the immigration issue. You know, the strategy, just blame Trump. People hate Donald Trump. Blame Donald Trump. Blame, blame if the dog bites, bees sing, stings, feeling sad. Blame Trump. You know, I never saw a president have to refer to a notebook before during a press conference. It is, you know, my name is Joe. My wife's name is Jill. Uh, we live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Now, is it that bad yet? No, but it's really getting a little bit scary is all I'm going to say. Actually, a lot scary. Anyway, 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, 
Uh, let's say hello to Don in Lake Ronkonkoma, sir. How are you? <laughs> Sean, I, I, I know you're catching some of this Biden uh, uh, phony play. Yeah, that's, that's about all that anyone cares about. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, the uh, I need a duct tape to keep my head together from exploding. Yeah, pretty much. I think that that might help a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, most of us would have the same thing. You are so I have never seen anybody rifling through pages, checking the, his notes to answer these questions that have already been pre-screened two weeks ago. Listen, if CNN is admitting that he had to practice for this thing all week, that we, we got a problem here. Confused, <laughs> pathetic, irritable, I'll tell you, I, I, and, I just, and factually just lying. Oh, yeah. Well, I, did you hear the part where he says that uh, Trump's policies didn't work on the border, and that's why we're doing what we're doing now? I, I really went out of my skin. Are yeah, well, that's me? just the beginning of the lies. You know, oh, Donald, no, Donald Trump had the stay in Mexico policy. Then he accused basically tr- Mexico and Trump of starving children, which was yeah. not true either, because they weren't coming in the numbers. They were coming because they knew they weren't getting in. And then he's lying and saying, no, 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 most of those people we're sending home. No, they're not sending them home. When are you going to let the press in? I'm not going to let the press in. What? That's transparency? Yeah. you got to be I, kidding I me. They're not allowed to inspect these kids I, I now that admit- are in cages for weeks at a time because, what, he doesn't want the world to see how, horribly the, how horrible the conditions are? Well, Donald Trump didn't maintain them. Uh, excuse me, with all due respect, uh, that wasn't his job. He enforced the law, nor did mm-hmm. he dismantle it. But he did send people home. I mean, that happened as it should have happened. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah, this, anyway, this, I digress. Go ahead. This this entire press conference is a is a show, uh, and it's a it's a real train wreck. This is going to be something to analyze for the next uh, week or two. Next next week or two, this is going to go down in history. I, and I'll tell you the other part that no one's going to say. Our enemies are watching. Vladimir Putin's already caught up. He's hip to what's going on. He's openly mocking, in my opinion, the president of the United States. Yep. The, the world is watching this. The exactly. world sees it. Democrats, the media, they, they, they're trying to push it all under the rug. And what that does, it is it is a sign of American weakness. Yep. The presidency matters. That's why you can't protect people and put them in their basement bunker and not ask them tough questions an entire campaign. That's why, you know, if he has to spend an entire week with nothing basically on his schedule, only one item a day maximum, many days with no items, uh, preparing, we've got a problem here, and it's getting worse by the day. That's just Here's a fact. Thing. Another thing, Sean, when I asked about the nuclear, uh, North Korea nuclear testing, oh, well, we'll check with our uh, allies in the area, and we'll we'll see how to uh, what to do next. He has. He, it's just embarrassing, and it's uh, dangerous, like you said. I listen. I I think it's embarrassing. To the United States, I'm sorry, but yep. the guy's lost. And, yep. you know, the, those that don't, oh, this is this is mean of you to talk about. And it's not mean. It's just a fact. But you add to it the, the, the power grab side of this with the radical agenda side of this and the outright lying and propaganda side of this, and it's scary for the country. Anyway, Don, appreciate it. 800 
941 Sean, our number. Michael, California. Keep getting uh, a lot of talk about what's going on with your governor out there. Not good for him. What's going oh, on, sir? We called immediately. Get him out of there. We 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 don't want him there. Um, you know, we're talking about hoping that the administration, the Biden administration, does something. To be honest, there is no real hope. There's no real hope there. Uh, Biden taking credit for uh, this the the uh, vaccination. My point is, why aren't people thanking Trump? Trump has done so much. I think the reason is is because people are are, are scared. Good people get scared, and bad people get crazy. Uh, it's just it, it's it's beyond me what has has taken place in just the last few months, Sean. I, I, I really just don't know what to make of it. I'm absolutely shaking in my boots. You should be. I don't I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, I wish I had the answer. The answer is uh, you better we better stay in touch with Joe Manchin's office and Kristen Sinema's office. And you better stay in touch with your local legislatures. And we got to have attorneys generals like Mark Bronovich. Listen to this little precious moment during the uh, presser today. I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do. And it cannot be sustained. And do everything in my power, along with my friends in the House and the Senate, to keep that from, uh, from becoming the law. Uh, back to our busy telephones as we say hi to Jared in Florida. What's up, Jared? How are you? Hey, I'm good, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. And I want Thank to you, sir. New, new, new resident of Florida just left New Jersey. I don't bl- By the way, good for you. Don't bring liberal policies with you if you go to any red state. That's the only rule. Uh, I'm insulted that you think I would, but that's okay. No, so, I'm, just, to- I'm just saying it's a general rule that's not specifically designed for you. I'm just saying generally, if you're a liberal Democrat that ruined your state... Don't move to a red state and ruin that state with your stupid policy ideas. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Absolutely. I already got my Don't New York My Florida t-shirt. So um, I wanted to touch on two things. I, uh, I've been working for the federal government for 10 years. Um, one of the big projects I worked on, if you remember, the facility that Alyssa Milano tried to get into that holds thousands of unaccompanied children there. They go to school, they get fed, they have rooms, they have a soccer field, football field, you know, everything Mm -hmm. they could possibly want. That facility is sitting cold right now. There's a skeleton staff there keeping it ready to open, and it's not been opened by HHS or ORR yet. Well, you got to understand something here. Look at at how they treat, they build a million-dollar soccer field for, for people down in Gitmo, the way we treat prisoners. You know, I'm just watching all of this, and it's amazing to me that Joe Biden's policies were dramatically different than Trump. Border wall construction stops, stay in Mexico ends, they bring back catch and release. Joe is a candidate. If you need asylum, I'm president, you come. I'll come to America. Okay, they're coming. They're coming in big numbers. Then he makes the lie up. Well, this is this is the time of year when they're going to come. No, it's up over 25% from last year alone. And then he makes other factual errors and mistakes on all of it. We're sending more people back. No, you're not sending people back. 
That's the problem. You're not allowing the professionals to do their job. Anyway, back to our phones. Andrew, Oklahoma. What's up, Andrew? How are you? Great, Sean. So I wonder, have you noticed that the media has started to shift a little bit uh, and sour on Biden, especially with the immigration crisis? I think in, I would say minor. If this was Donald Trump and we had the images of kids, if this was Donald Trump and the press was 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 banned from going into the facilities, if it was right. Donald Trump and a gag order was put on border patrol officials all of them and all interview requests no must go through dc and no more ride-alongs if donald trump were putting kids in in cargo shipping containers with bars on the window and no access to it and building new kids with cages and having kids on top of each other and a high rate of COVID positivity and then they're shipping these people all over the country trust me it would have it would be an unmitigated disaster that the media would not stop talking about at all ever. Absolutely. They would say he's but abusing I, children. I have a theory though, because the media has started to shift a little, especially the lack of transparency. They started to push back on the Biden administration. And I have a theory that that may be for a purpose, for a secondary purpose of kind of shifting public opinion against Biden so that they can prep everybody for the incoming hailing of, uh, you know, as, as Biden has called her, President Kamala. What do you say? What do you, what's your thought uh, At this that? point, maybe maybe he's, he's telegraphing. They had the memo that went out this week, too. Good point. Yeah. It said, no so, longer refer to so it as the Biden administration, it's the Biden-Harris administration. So the right, lady so that I've... pretty much says the perception is ICE is like the KKK is now in charge of this mess down at the southern border? That they're not mm-hmm. even calling a crisis? Good points. Right, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break. More of your calls uh, at the top of the hour. We will have Mark Simone, Betsy McCoy. We'll get their reaction to this press conference and more straight ahead. All right, back to our busy phones. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, let us say hi to, let's see here. Kate is in Colorado. Hey, Kate, how are you? Glad you called. By the way, just like New York, we're going to have legal marijuana now in, in New York. By the way, the government's getting a big chunk of the money. Hi, son. Thanks for taking my call. So, uh, you know, my husband and I have been traveling to McAllen, Texas for months uh, while President Trump was in office and after Biden took office. And what's going on at the border with this crisis is being created by Biden-Harris, not President Trump. Uh, My husband's a physician and treats COVID patients. And what we've witnessed since Biden took office is that many migrants are flying on major carriers that don't have to show proof of a COVID-negative test. And that's because they're flying within the continental U.S. Um, At the airport, when we're there... There are two lines. One is for non-migrants who are required to go through security and provide ID. And the other line is for migrants who do not go through the same process. They do not provide ID, and they do not go through any security measures. Our flights typically have over half of a small commuter plane carrying these passengers. I will tell you, every American should share a level of frustration here. We have been now 
they're, they're especially blue state governors. You know, but for Joe Biden to take credit, I got 100 shots in 100 days, and I, I did it in less than 100 days. Those are Donald Trump's. That is Operation Warp Speed. That was his vaccine. He had already put 36 million shots in people's arms before he left office. It was not a high bar to get to 100 based on the fact that he had already ordered 800 million vaccines. 800 million. By the way, I'm now officially eligible in the state of New York if I want to get the vaccine, which I think I'm leaning towards, but I haven't really been thinking about it. So for him, but now we're going to double it to 200. None of that is possible. Joe Biden, no travel ban. Joe Biden, Democrats impeaching Trump. They did it twice instead of prioritizing the help for the for the country. You know, nine percent of this one point nine trillion dollar disaster, non-emergency covid relief bill. And some of the money goes to millions of illegal immigrants. But most of it is a blue state bailout, a boondoggle. It's frustrating. It really is. All right. Quick break. News Roundup Information Overload Hour is next. All right. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Yeah, it was the Biden shift show today, just as we predicted. Even And you could tell he's trying so hard and he practiced and practiced and practiced. And even fake news CNN admits he's been practicing, practicing, practicing. Uh, anyway, let, let's go to some of the highlights. Then we'll check in and get the perceptions, the intuitive insights of the great Mark Simone and Betsy McCoy. Uh, but in case you missed the, well, cognitive struggling, the outright lying, the propaganda, the misinformation, the blame Trump uh, at every point uh, press conference uh, will bring you up to speed. I had never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, Sorry. Oh, with regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do, and it cannot be sustained. And do everything on my power, along with my friends in the House and the Senate, to keep that from uh, from becoming the law. We have over a hundred thousand wellheads that are not capped, leaking methane. What are we doing? And by the way, we can put as many pipe fitters and miners on us to work capping those wells at the same price that they would charge to dig those wells. So I, I, I just find it um, frustrating, frustrating. Talk about, last point I'll make in the infrastructure, and I apologize for spending more time on it, but is that if you think about it, um, okay. This is scary. This is the presidency. 
This is the leader of the free world. This is the president of the United States. We have enemy countries, hostile regimes, hostile actors. They are watching this and they're seeing a, a literally a weak, frail, cognitively struggling, and I'll add liar, uh, out there leading this great country of ours. Uh, I find it, on the one hand, very sad. It is embarrassing. He gets lost. It's, you know, I never watched a president before have to read the notes put before him in a press conference like what happened today. On top of the blame Trump, blame Trump, I'm great, but blame Trump, it's all me. Anyway, Mark Simone, host at our New York flagship station, WOR AM 710, Betsy McCoy, former lieutenant governor. She's also the chairwoman of the Committee to Reduce Infection uh, Deaths. A lot to talk about. Mark Simone, what was your uh, take on this uh, magnificent press conference today? Uh, uh, Wait, let me get my notes. (laughs) Don't make me laugh. I can't help but laugh. My name is Joe. It's on the card right here. My wife's name is Jill. I live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Even fake news CNN admitted he was prepping all week. Uh, Yeah, that's the scary part. This is with preparation. Uh, let me just ask the country a question, and this is the question. Remember the great question, are you better off now than you were four years ago? This is the question for him. Would you let him drive you in a car? And I mean that as a serious question. Would you feel safe with him driving? <laughs> I hate, I, I hate, I, I'm going to give you my honest answer. You want an honest answer? Yeah. No, I'll drive, Joe. There's my answer. Let me okay. drive. That's my answer. Uh you know, he's a nasty guy in private. He loses his temper at briefings. That's been a problem for years. And I saw it flare up when that uh, second time they asked him about 2024. You could see him snipping at the reporter, getting a little angry. And he's right. Why ask about 2024? And his condition, this guy shouldn't even be buying green bananas. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Betsy, look, you're, you know a lot about healthcare. I'm not going to make a medical diagnosis here. I see what I see. And I see weak. I see frail. I see cognitively he's struggling. It's obvious. You can't deny it. I mean, those that deny it, I mean, they just are are partisan hacks, and they're probably part of the group that enabled this to go hidden for the entire campaign under the guise of of COVID safety, keeping him in the basement bunker. That's right. He clearly looks impaired, but there's something even worse, Sean, and that is that he's a sellout to our major enemy, China. When he started talking about how a president should be so concerned about human abuses against the Muslim Uyghurs in China and against people in Hong Kong, of course we should. But Biden is refusing to get straight answers from our major enemy about the origins of a virus that just killed 540,000 Americans. 
Why isn't he holding China's feet to the fire about that? He sent Anthony Blinken up to Anchorage, and it wasn't even on his list of, quote, deep concerns. And today, when he enunciated deep concerns, he talked again about human rights in China. But he should be demanding answers about that virus, and instead he's relying on the World Health Organization to investigate their sellouts to China. It's like relying on the mafia to investigate organized crime. You know, I, I'm I'm watching all of this and I'm listening because we all know what's happening down at the border. And, you know, the idea that he thought that it was it was Donald Trump's job to build out more facilities to aid and abet law breaking is just shows how how absolutely ass backwards they all have this on the left. Uh, no, Donald Trump built the wall to prevent people from coming. He enforced the laws of the land. Uh, deported people whenever he could legally, even spite of having the courts against him, uh, Mark Simone. But he also created the stay in Mexico policy that worked, and he eliminated catch and release, which is now back. Yeah. Hey, and a great question. Uh, obviously, the press is never going to ask him this, but you just got elected president of the United States. Your first big crisis, the border crisis. Why did you assign somebody else to take care of it? I thought you were the president. If Every time he has a crisis, he has to assign it to somebody else. That tells you everything. I mean, he's not even up to this. And, and this Homeland Security secretary is a mess. Nobody asked about him when they asked if they could see the facilities. He actually said on the Sunday shows, we're working on a plan as to how you would see the facility. But a uh, plan would be open the door. Just yeah, here, open the door. The no, they let, remember, they let NBC last night. I'm pretty sure you saw this. They let NBC last night yeah. go into the one facility that's nice. And they and well, they've actually, been li- they have literally put a gag order on border patrol. They've put a a gag order on everybody, and they put a total ban on anyone taking any pictures. Period. Yeah, they said we'll release footage. So they took one facility, emptied it out, put three kids in it with playground equipment and sandboxes, and they look wonderful, and released that. that that's like Soviet propaganda film. And and this Lester Holt falls for it and runs it without any disclaimer on it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm listening and I've been watching and hearing from all my friends today. And I'll tell you what the consensus is. This is the most, this is the most painful moment in, the, in any presidency I think I've ever watched. It is horrific. Now, the questions were, you know, compliant, obviously, and corrupt. And the partisanship is real. But that's not it. America now got to see somebody that just does not have his act together here. And Betsy McCoy, there's nothing we can really do about it, is there? Well, there's the 25th Amendment, but then we'll have President Harris, the, the person he often points to as being the president. I think the other scariest thing about this event today, aside from the feebleness of Joe Biden, is the misrepresentation, let's call it what it is, the total lies about the laws being passed in various states to protect our system of voting, to ensure that it's honest and only actual entitled voters vote, people who are legally entitled to vote. And that law, that bill, excuse me, H.R. 1, Nancy Pelosi's a voting bill isn't a bill to make voting easier. It's a bill to make cheating easier. And I heard the threat in Joe Biden's meanderings about the filibuster that he would consider waiving the filibuster in order to get H.R. 1 passed. That would be the end of our democracy, Sean. That would be 
putting in place a one-party system. Only Democrats could win. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do. And now the question is, what options are available? Now, my understanding, and I'll ask both of you, and either one that knows the answer, jump in, is that to get a quorum, you need at least one one of the 50 Republicans. That's not, a, that's not an instance where Kamala Harris can be the tie-breaking vote. In other words, if it means, Mark Simone, that Republicans have to stay out of Congress, stay away, then I would say... Yeah, that's what they need to do. So they can't even literally have a quorum to open up the Congress and just shut it down. He said they want old fashioned rules. That's that's the old fashioned rules. Use them. Well, and Lindsey Graham mentioned that today. That yes. Lindsey Graham understands that Republicans can shut it down. Uh, Mark Simone. Uh, the problem is, I got four or five Republicans. I would never trust. I don't want to mention uh-huh. names, Mitt Romney, but absolutely, uh, Mitt uh, Romney. Uh, I'm not trusting these people to do that. And, uh, you know, every time he asked him about anything, voter uh, rules and uh, the filibuster, how many times did he say Jim Crow in this? Every every moment. Well, he suggested that the filibuster is racist for crying out loud. And now you have Al Sharpton has gotten on the scene and Al Sharpton now is threatening to play the race card against cinema and Joe Manchin. Well, in fact, Chuck Schumer is arguing, and Elizabeth Warren, that the filibuster has these racist origins. I'd like to correct them and remind them in the fact it's the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party that has racist origins with Jim Crow. And if they want to eliminate these vestiges of racism, better to eliminate the Democratic Party. Well, I mean, that was the party of segregation. Well, yeah, and remember, it was Joe Biden that actually worked with the former Klansmen uh, to stop the integration of schools. Again, in the when when he was in the basement bunker, Mark Simone, uh, nobody was asking him questions, uh, and Kamala Harris, while she brought it up, just seemed to forget that part when she accepted the role as vice president, and seemed to forget the Tara Reid allegations, the the leader of the I Believer Caucus. Uh, and seem to forget the Lucy Flores allegations. Yeah, I, and I hate to say it, we're probably in the golden age of the Biden administration right now. This is only going to get worse for the rest <laughs> of the year, and next year it's going to be a disaster. I mean, you got, uh, and he makes, makes these claims, I'm a guy who gets things done. He's been working on climate change for 40 years, hasn't gotten anything done. He's been working on income inequality for 40 years, hasn't made any progress. He never, somebody should have said to him, you know, you've never actually run anything in your entire life. How, how are you going to run the whole government? And then you got Kamala Harris, who's playing uh, hide the medicine with him all the time. I, I don't know where this is going to end up. I thought it was uh, very all right, Well, hang on, Betsy. we got to take a break here. We'll continue more with uh, Betsy McCoy, Mark Simone. Uh, we'll check in with Air Force uh, Senior Master Sergeant. Our friend uh, Israel Del Toro at the bottom of the hour. Then we'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh. All right. Our final moments with Mark Simone, Betsy McCoy. Betsy, you wanted to add. 
I wanted to add that I found it very interesting that Biden was reminiscing about his many phone calls with President Xi when President Xi was vice president. And I, I wondered why they didn't discuss at that point China's plan uh, to uh, pursue bio-warfare uh, with viruses, because that, in fact, that's when it all started, this, this, these uh, research facilities in China that have been investigating germ warfare. Yeah, uh, I think the fact that they allowed China to embarrass them and then apologize to China, Mark, was one of the lowest moments that reminiscent of the apology tour, Barack Obama. Well, and, you know, in his defense, they are giving millions to, I don't know, maybe a billion to Hunter and his hedge fund and all of that. And uh, listen, he can't stand up to anybody. He can barely stand up to the press corps. He can't stand up to reporters. How's he going to stand up to China? Uh, Everybody's going to walk all over us. Uh, Those of you that hated Trump, I know he hurts your feelings. This guy is hurting foreign policy, hurting the border, hurting the economy, hurting jobs. This is a disaster. Yeah. Well, by the way, this whole Secret Service cleanup of uh, potential criminal activity, a Hunter Biden and the gun story. Yeah. Imagine if that was <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. Uh, there'd be impeachment hearings. Um, anyway, guys, thank you both. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. We'll get to your calls. We'll do a quick check in with uh, Air Force Senior Master, our friend Sergeant Israel Del Toro. Um, Linda is by far his biggest fan, although I'm a pretty close second. We'll get to that next and Hannity tonight at nine. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right. 25 now till the top of the hour. We're going to get to your calls here in just a few minutes. Uh, checking in with a friend of the program, Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro. Um, he knows a thing or two about illegal immigration, uh, because somebody very near and dear to his heart went through the process legally which by the way is difficult it's hard it's arduous but they did it the right way like my four grandparents yep they came through ellis island legally anyway now we see you know joe biden lying through lying through his teeth all day about how well we're sending most of them back no you're not sending them back that's a lie joe even people with covid you're sending to hotel rooms we're paying for it you just took on an additional 86 million on hotel rooms to house migrants, even some with COVID, and then you're sending them to other states. And many, uh, many of these cases, we're not even processing people. They don't even have a court date. They're now basically allowed in the country. And you've let that happen. And now you're blaming Trump, which is unbelievable. But, you know, he was reading from his notes. What else can I tell you? Um, Anyway, uh, Master Sergeant, Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Toro is back with us. How are you, my friend? Good. How you doing, Sean? Now, your wife did this legally. Am I wrong? No, she did. Uh, it was it was long and uh, expensive. Long and expensive, and worth it, right? It, it was totally worth it. Yeah. By the way, you married way out of your league. I'm just saying. <laughs> just up, a, just a, friends, by the way, even Linda, your biggest fan, agrees that you married way up. So you're telling me I'm the reacher and she's a settler. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> don't drag me into this. You know, Linda said it. I'm blaming her. You, 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 you right. talk to your BFF on this. Um, <laughs> notice she's quiet now. Why? Are you I'm so not quiet? being quiet. I just you're doing so well with that shovel. I figured I'd give you a minute. You know, let you work it out. You know, I'm trying to be nice. I and, love you know. Carmen. I was there when they renewed their vows. Know, you know, it was I a beautiful know. thing. And I love them both equally. So, you know, but I'm biased. 
Okay. That, that, um, that's cool. I thought, I thought we're all friends, but I, I see where it is. Oh, we are friends, my friend. Oh, geez. Here we go. All right. 86 million on hotel rooms for illegal immigrants. Your wife went through the process legally. Your reaction to that. And then, by the way, then we had in Washington our National Guard troops sleeping in concrete floors in parking garages. Just a side note. Yeah, you know, that that that, like, that irked me. That really did irk me. You know, uh, you know our, our, our American people are generous. We're, we're understanding and all that. Uh, but, uh, you know, people always have asked me, you know, what made you vote for President Trump? Because he actually thought of us. You know, it seems like our politicians have forgotten they're representing the citizens of the United States, not the citizens of Honduras, not the citizens of the world, not the citizens of Mexico, citizens of the United States. And, and you know, just knowing that they're spending $86 million, uh, you know, of, on the immigrants that are coming here illegally, and yet, you know, our, our guardsmen were sleeping on floors, uh, you know, guarding the Capitol, which, again, it's baffling that it's harder to get into the Capitol than it is to get into our country. You know, but again, these are the same people that says fences and walls don't, don't work, but yet, you know, the Capitol's surrounded by them. You know, but, you know it, it really, it was, a, I hate to say it, but a kick in the nuts when, when, I, when I saw that. It really was, because... Our, yeah. our guardsmen, our people that go to war, that sacrifice themselves, sleeping on the floor. And, you know, I hate to say, I hate to say, you know, it's like, because I even brought up, to, you know, I have family members, obviously, that have come here, you know, and I have some family members that are, are that are, were illegal, you know, and, and they've all, you know, they've all said, like, you know, if the, the country ever goes to, God forbid, another draft or World War Three, they've all said that they'll leave. And and that's my thinking. It's like if you don't go through the legal way, trying that you want to be here, and you just want to skip the line, if you're not willing to stay in your country and fight for it, you honestly think they're going to stick around and fight for the country if we need them to. Uh, but you know that's another story. But yeah, it, it it was unbelievable that all that money, you know, we're spending to get our guys and gals that just hate to stay on the floor for us. Thank God they have you as an advocate. Great to catch up with you, my friend. Best to you and your family, your wonderful family, and uh, we'll catch up soon, okay? All right, sounds good, Sean. All right, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program here. All right, big-time AJ in Houston, Texas. I've been told that if I don't get him on the air today that he's going to bust a blood vessel after watching this train wreck of a press conference today. Uh, Sir, how are you? Sean Hannity. Big time AJ, Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? Oh, first of all, you know I have to say it. First of all, my girl Linda. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, AJ. By the way, she's getting all the shout outs today. I love love AJ. Do you remember when we met AJ the first time? I couldn't believe it. I remember. I was so happy to meet AJ. you, You have this infectious personality and smile. Uh, we could use you as president right now. Do you mind changing jobs? Well, I wish I could, Sean, but, you know, they claim I'm a white guy on the radio being paid, you know. So, <gasps> you know no, they don't. <laughs> oh, come on. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up there. Is that a joke or are you kidding? You're serious. I'm serious. Oh, I have the Call pictures Joe to prove Pax. it. Call Joe Pax and ask Joe Pax. They think I'm a white guy on the radio, Sean. I'm serious. 
they think I'm a white guy being paid well, who, on the radio. Well, who thinks that? Because I've met you. You know what you are? You're a great American. You're a friend of mine and a friend of the show. That's how, but yes, I, I, why people would, what, they're playing the race card against you to call you names, to denigrate you? Why? Because you're supposed to think a, a certain way, and if you if, if you have your own independent thought patterns, God forbid, you think for yourself, uh, somehow they're going to attack you personally like that? That's disgusting. Yes, and it's just like they're doing Donald Trump. They're blaming me, you know, by being who I am, way I think, and, the you know, I think on my own, Sean. I don't need nobody to tell me what to think. I got eyes. The good Lord gave me eyes to see the atrocity. I'm going to call the treasonous what these liberals, I'm going to call them white and black liberals going, and you know what I'm talking about. It ain't about color. It's just what the black folks is letting the white liberals and the black liberals do to them as far as they thinking pattern. They don't use their own brain cells God gave them. They let, they being bamboozled. Look what Joe Biden, he's lying about everything. I'm just going to cut it short because I know we ain't got that much time. He's lying about everything, and we got the sorry media. I go off as him, and you know I do. They got the sorry media that will not ask him the questions that the, and rush him like they did Donald Trump because they know the people, if they woke up, if they smelt the coffee, that Biden shouldn't even be in there. I, I'm, truthfully, Sean, we don't have a president in the United States right now. I'm just going to put it out there, people. Sean didn't say it. I'm saying it. We don't have a president. Look at the Middle East, how they're treating him. Look what he did, how they treat China treated him. I mean, Sean, there's no way. Now we know why they wanted Trump out of there, because Trump wasn't going to kiss the backside of the Republicans or the Democrats. And one more thing. Where are the Republicans storming the doors of the Democrats just because they call you racist? Don't bow down to them and say, oh, well, we better be sensitive to the black men. No, no. The black people mostly voted for Trump. They didn't want this. I'm going to be frank with you, Sean. I know. I'm sorry. I go off a little bit, but this is this is unbelievable. I'm tired of the race game. I'm tired of it. And anybody that used to call you a racist or anything, tell them to get a mirror and take a look in it. I'm sorry, Sean. You know I've got to go off a little bit, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we actually allow free speech. Uh, otherwise, you would have been canceled decades ago on this show. Just saying. <laughs> Um, anyway, big time. We love you. Thanks for checking in. Amy in Massachusetts. Hello, Amy. I bet you're feeling great about your country today. <laughs> That's a tough one to follow. Yeah, he, AJ's tough, man. He's he's the real deal. I just wanted to say, since the Democrats in the Biden-Harris administration are now in the child sex trafficking business down there, they're, they're now complicit in any of the all of the abuses of these children. You can't have it both ways. You can't blame it on the cartels when it's their despicable policies that make it possible for them to uh, get away with this. They need um, to send the kids home. Let me tell you something. They don't want to. This is the dirty little secret. Look, for years, the only reason we always had open borders for years and why the only person to fix it was Donald Trump is one, two reasons. The Republicans and the Democrats. Republicans... Sorry, they were catering to their big donor, big business, corporations that wanted cheap labor. That's just a fact. 
And the Democrats, they wanted to give amnesty because they thought, well, you know, we're going to have a, a larger voting constituency and we'll be able to accumulate more power over time. And if we give away something of great value like amnesty, then we will forever have people with amnesty voting Democratic. That's what's been going on. Donald Trump yeah. stopped all of that. He proved that yeah, we can control the border. On child trafficking. A lot of work with child trafficking. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anyway, good call. Appreciate it, Amy. God bless you. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Ashton is in Florida, where we should be. What's up, Ashton? How are you? Great, Sean. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Pleasure to talk to you. How's the wet? Let me guess. It's 80 degrees. Beautiful today. Sun is shining. And you're wearing shorts. <laughs> no, I'm at work, so I have long pants on, but you've got, you've got the rest of it right. It's an absolutely beautiful day. By the way, everyone I know that works in, in Florida, a lot of them go to work in shorts, and I'm not a big flip-flopper wearer, but people love flip-flops. Yeah, that's that's the typical off-duty wear, shorts and flip-flops, but the, uh, the fire department that I work for does not allow shorts. So we're all in long pants. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, firemen are awesome. I love you guys. Thank, They're awesome. Thank you. So my, I have two daughters. They're 16 and 20. Uh, raised them conservatively. And now they are super libs. Um, just social issue based. But still um, very, uh, it's hard to talk to anything, uh, talk to them about anything. And I assume that it's, you know, the typical social media, um, schools, their friends, things like that, that help foster this behavior. And it's funny because they're part of a group that preaches acceptance, but they're intolerant of others. You know what I mean? So my, my concern is, how can we change America from the cancel culture uh, to having to deal with somebody that you have a a different issue, you know, something that you might find offensive because when I was younger, that was part of life. You had to learn how to deal with things that offended you. That was just how things were. Let me, let me give you your answer before I, and I'm just trying to, I, I fundamentally understand the question. You know, there are people that kids would always call this program and, and both my kids now are older in college. They're getting a little older now. And and I've had my own private discussions with them. I will tell you this is I never talk about politics in front of very little. Do I talk to my kids about politics? I'm their father. Now, they know what their dad does for a living. By the way, they all saw dad vaping, even though it didn't happen. And they both laughed this time. The first time my daughter was upset, the first time I got caught, which was a couple of years ago. And anyway, so but it's interesting that they both understand at a very deep level conservatism and you know i i both of them for uh, I, I don't want to reveal to them i don't want to talk too much about my kids i want to leave them out of my life in the sense that but my public life but i will tell you that you know it's interesting that kids what they pick up on their own and how smart they are i have told kids that call this program that say they have a liberal professor and I said, look, you have two options. You can risk a lower grade and and you can go to battle with your teacher and you can speak out and you can challenge the teacher and you, you can bring your facts to the table and you might end up getting the worst grade you get in school. 
Or you can play the game, get your A because you want to go to law school, grad school, or or medical school. I said, if you play the game and you get the A, there's no shame in that. There, and I really don't believe there is because you don't have a choice oftentimes. And sometimes in life, you got to play the game. I'm not in a position anymore in my life that I have to play that game. I say what I want to say. I, say, I try to be thoughtful in the things that I say, and I think through what I want to say, and I stay true to what my beliefs are. I do not compromise who I am. And, and that's, that, to me, is the balancing act. If sometimes you got to bite your tongue to keep your job or keep, uh, keep your grades up, that's acceptable. But in real life, know the truth. Don't ever lie to yourself. And when you can speak out, we'll continue. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Full coverage of the shift show of a presser with Joe Biden today. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, Sarah Sanders, our investigation into the southern border. Yep, what's really happening now, a breakout of COVID positive tests for, yeah, even people working with these migrant children, nearly 1,500 of them. Dan Bongino, Geraldo Rivera, Dana Lash, Greg Jarrett, Joe Concha, much more. 9 Eastern tonight, set your DVR. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back here tomorrow. Have a great night. We'll see you tonight back here tomorrow.